Hey, what's going on, GAR Capital Nation? This is Carlos, CEO of GAR Capital. Welcome again to our weekly podcast. It is Friday, and uh, we're glad you're joining us. Now, from my home base here in sunny Miami, Florida, so far sunny, as you know, we're going to have that hurricane hit us, supposedly, in regards to the forecast. So we're just going to go ahead and, you know, this isn't my first rodeo, to be honest with you. So it's just a wait-and-see process with Hurricane Dorian. Uh, two years ago, uh, Hurricane Irma hit, and Miami was pretty hit pretty badly, but like everything else, everything else recovers. Um, I'm old enough to remember Hurricane Andrew. That was in 1992, and that was pretty bad. That was a Category 5 hurricane. So again, things do happen, guys, in life, but again, all you can do is just prepare, and, and, and that's all you can do. Just prepare and wait, and that's what we're doing here. So uh, with that being said, we're fine. We're going to be here ready to rock, and if power holds up, I think, believe, Monday night going into Tuesday morning, uh, the hurricane should hit landfall Florida, according to the last forecast. We will be here ready to rock. So nothing has changed. We're still going to help our clients. We're still going to answer questions. We're still going to trade the market, depending on volume, as always. So let's go ahead and get started. So August is finally done. And I must say, um, I'm happy it is because August was a very, very tough month, especially with the range in the market. And if anyone who's watching on YouTube, I'm going to go ahead and show you here uh, the market. Uh, this is a daily chart. Uh, this is micro e-mini futures, the same thing as e-mini futures. Uh, markets are still going until 4.15, and you can see here 29.21. We tapped that resistance level that I talked about on Instagram right around 29.47, 29.50. I had a, uh, a short position overnight. It was red, but I knew that we would reject that 29.50 level, so I went ahead and reshorted a couple of positions there. Made about $123, nothing crazy. Again, micro e-mini futures, quick, quick scalping, nothing crazy. Didn't want to put too much risk on the board due to light volume, but you could see just the month of August, just just chop, and you're talking about 110 point uh, uh, range here. Nothing amazing to speak of, nothing, really no opportunities. The most opportunities have were in this month, uh, precious metals, gold, silver, uh, any kind of risk off movements, uh, bonds, TLT, those were the plays to get into. A couple of single names, like Oroku as well. And you know, just to tell you here, this week, we had Twitter and Roku uh, uh, calls, and they actually made money, but we closed out break-even because of the risk factor. So when we do signals for our members, we really are cognizant of the risk involved for our members, and we don't want them to get hit. So again, I took it at break-even, Roku went as high as 60%, Twitter's got as high as 20%, and I still closed at break-even. I'd rather not lose anything at the end of the day. I know there's a risk involved, but again, just a quiet week. The only real winning trade we had this week was Costco. And I hit 30% uh, on Monday. Uh, so again, not much going on. We have some long positions on some precious metals like silver and gold, and we're holding those. And we're waiting to see if we get some uh, movement there. Uh, for the most part, we're just really just waiting on uh, volume to pick up from traders uh, when they come back from Labor Day weekend. I mean, my, August was just brutal. I wish we didn't trade that month, I mean, for the most part. But now you know, and you just got to do the best you can with what you got. I mean, you can't predict everything. I mean, you couldn't predict that Boeing play. You couldn't predict Ulta to fall almost 30% in a day. Very, very difficult with light volume with the risk involved. So again, we told our members, single members, to take uh, to go half positions moving forward. And that was just the most prudent way to play the market due to the fact that, I mean, the movement was so choppy. There was very little opportunities. I even got into the 293 calls on, on SPY. And if I would have held it yesterday, I probably would have banked a little bit, but I went very light. And I still close it at almost 3% profit. I mean, it's just not worth going ahead and putting some cash to work here when the market is eating up stops both ways. 
I mean, if you were short the market this month, for the most part, you're at break even. If you were long this market, uh, depending on where you got in, you're almost at break even. I mean, it's basically flat for the most part. I mean, we are red in August for the S&P, but barely. And talking about three week, four weeks of, of market movement, and it's just been up, down, up, down, tweet, 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 headline, 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 and nothing to show for it. So let's go ahead and talk about what exactly happened in August and moving forward, what to expect. So the U.S. yield curve flattened. We talked about the yield curve last uh, before, about the, two, the, the 10 year and the two year, why it's important due to the banks. But again, they flattened most since in August, since January 2016, to the flattest on record, the flattest since 2007. Again, we know what happened in 2008, right? Bund yields, this is German bund yields, tumbled 26 bips to record lows, the biggest monthly drop since June 2016, which was the Brexit vote. So again, you're starting to see risk off, and August was pure risk off. Now, fundamentally saying here, are companies making money? Yes. But again, when you're investing in the stock market or you're making a trade, you're basically betting for that direction to go either up or down. If you're long, you're expecting that to, to make more money or to gain in value. Now, again, just because a stock doesn't gain in value doesn't mean the stock is not valuable. Again, there's a couple of names that are sort of valuable and making money. But again, for the most part, market, high beta names, tech names, Apple, you know, those guys, uh, they're not moving as much. High beta meaning moving with the market. They're not moving so much. S&P, like we saw, SPY is basically flat. Not much you could do there. I mean, just up, down, up, down, up, down. So if you would just sit on your hands this month, you'd have been better set than a lot of traders out there. So again, sometimes taking a little bit of time away uh, is important. And if there's nothing there, don't force the issue, guys. You don't need to force the issue. There's no need to just put money to work and put money at risk because you're bored or because you want to find something. Don't be contrarian. Sometimes it's just not there. And this week, we, we saw that. I mean, we basically had four trades and two were break-even. One was a winner. Not much going on. Uh, that's all you can do there. So that's where we are. Um, uh, let's see. Gold had the best August dollar gain since February 2016, the year of the election. So again, silver had the best August percentage gain since June 2016, Brexit vote. So again, you can see how much movement has been going. So U.S. and Chinese stocks are surprisingly aligned year-to-date, meaning they're together almost. And they're being up about 16-17% year-to-date. So no one has really been wiped out. I mean, we're really just 5% off all-time highs for the most part on the S&P. So again, flat, flattish, a, a, a pretty much an exciting flat with a lot of tweets and stuff and news, but still flat. Uh, Europe is up about 13% year to date. But in the month, all major regions saw stocks lose a similar 1.5%, 2%. So even if futures down about 1%, 2% for the month, kind of flat in the broader range of sense. Um, Deutsche Bank, uh, DAX, they're down about 2%, and the Shanghai is down about 1.5%. So that's where we are. Again, not as much de-risking as people would think, but again, still kind of going down. You're seeing a what we call a rotation out of riskier, name, riskier names. Again, big cap tech is hard to catch a bid, but more aggressive names are pulling back. Um, again, we saw Beyond Meat. I mean, it's one of those names that are just uh, in, a not, in, a, in a mind of its own. But Uber and Lyft took a little bit of a hit. Those are those are IPO names. Again, when we get in a little recessionary mode, IPOs are going to be the first ones to get hit. So keep that in mind. If you're a long-term investor, none of this really matters to you. You're just going to buy and hold. For example, I hold Uber and Lyft, and I don't plan to sell anytime soon. I'm willing to take a 50% haircut if needed. Uh, so only the Dow Industrials and Transports are green from last week's Trump tantrum, Trump tantrum last Friday. And this was when I was in D.C. Uh, I guess I should have met up with Trump, right? But he wasn't there. He was in France. Uh, so again, we saw last minute panic buying for the most part each day. But again, not really much moving. Today, the Dow Jones closed up 41 points, S&P up 1, and the Dow down 10 points. 
the VIX up 6%. Uh, Bitcoin bouncing back slightly from that panic yesterday of a sell. And then uh, what else we got? The dollar tapped the 99 handle. So again, anyone who's been trading uh, Forex out there, dollar longs were the play. So again, in the Forex division, what we have, we were short Euro dollar. We made about 80 pips and we were long dollar yen, which was about, about 10 pips. So again, dollar yen, still kind of in the middle. Uh, but again, we know that's a risk off move if you're short and if you're long, you're risk on play. Uh, copper basically closed about down 0.83% and um, emerging markets up about 0.78% today. Uh, let's see here. Uh, gold was down about 0.29% with a stronger dollar and silver has been outperforming like crazy up 0.75% for today. Again, defensive names still leading the pack, beating cyclicals. Like I talked about defensive names, consumer staples, real estate, utilities still outperforming the market for the most part. Again, we talked about the rotation weeks ago about moving some of your portfolio allocation to more defensive names, uh, dividends. We talked about utilities. We talked about REITs and we talked about the staples. Again, PepsiCo, Coca-Cola, first thing to mind, uh, Starbucks, those kind of names. Those are the names you kind of want to be in if you want to protect your portfolio. Uh, we talked about gold as well, allocating some of your portfolio in gold and maybe some silver. Again, it worked out that trade. It worked out again. You've seen some bounce here and there on some more riskier names. Again, after that, pretty much about a flash crash on Friday. So again, that was meant to be expected. Uh, the Dow managed to be above the 100-day moving average, but it faded to close. Uh, buybacks, <laughs> what else is new? Buybacks is almost propping this market, but again, companies are profitable. So again, you're gonna have buybacks either way. And what buybacks comes with is when the CEO is compensated based on their stock price, you're gonna get the CEO to want to get that incentive. So what does that mean? He's gonna want more stock buybacks. That's nothing new, it's exactly what it is. And then while our short squeezes are used to keep stocks afloat, the surges were weaker and weaker and weaker in regards to short the stocks that were most shorted. What are the stocks that were most shorted? Think of Tesla, for example, which bounced back very nicely today of a 1.76% due to China saying they're going to be waived of their tax, uh, import tax on Teslas. So good news for them. So another one that was big today was uh, Ulta came down pretty hard. And um, it was the number two performer in the S&P since March of 09. It was doing great. Absolutely great. And it took a little bit of a hit, broke down multi-year support. But again, it took a little bit of a bit at the end of the day. Ulta is down about 29.55% year to date. Now, they do have a new line coming out with Kim Kardashian that, for the Christmas season. So again, if, if Ulta was too expensive for you, maybe you don't want to pay 350 a share, 360 a share for Ulta. Right now, it's trading at 237. If you're a believer of the company, if you're a believer in makeup, if you're a believer in Instagram influencers, if you think that retail still is almost an influ or still kind of insulated with makeup since women always need makeup, then again, that could be the play for you. Ulta doesn't look bad here with their gains. Again, they just had a really, really bad quarter and they had lower guidance. So again, you're starting to see what things are changing. But again, if you like an Ulta here, this is the time to buy. Again, a 29% decrease. I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. But again, I've heard a lot of people say different things that they like Sephora more, which is under Louis Vuitton, Moet Hennessy, under that label. Uh, there's different makeup uh, out there, L'Oreal that you could play. But Ulta, since they have their own storefront, is a very popular name. Again, if you're not into makeup, so I would skip this. But again, if you really want to get into this name, if you're looking for an opportunity to get in, Ulta could be very interesting here, down 29%. So bonds here. Treasury bonds basically collapsed in August. I mean, we tapped... Uh, all-time lows on yields across the board. 30-year uh, came below two, which was under the S&P dividend uh, yield, which is basically saying that you get more of a yield with the S&P, I mean, uh, than, than the 30-year. 
So again, 30-year tie-up or the S&P dividends. So that really tells you something. Again, uh, not a good look there where the yields are paying so low. It's almost forcing the market to want to get into more riskier assets. So in a way, when you have the Fed funds rate lagging behind the U.S. 10-year, the Fed is behind. They need to go ahead and lower rates here, um, not due to any kind of political reason, but again, just to kind of catch up on things. And uh, I mean, if they try to keep things down, again, bonds are still going to go ahead and, and still be a bid due to the risk-off asset, risk-off environment that we have. I mean, it's kind of funny that we think that we're almost in a recessionary environment when we're not there yet. Uh, will it happen? Sure. Again, we don't know when. But again, you're starting to see a lot more cyclical movement, a rotation into defensive like we talked about. And that's completely fine. That's where the market's moving. Again, we talked about bonds being the smart money. They're moving ahead of the time. Uh, S&P is still kind of holding up, again, off all-time highs. But again, nice little bounce off 2800 uh, 20, I think believe 2790 uh, was basically the level that we tapped. But again, not a meltdown for any stretch of the imagination, even with the inverted yield curve tapping many times. So again, I guess uh, the United States is still the best house in a bad neighborhood, implying against other, against other economies around the world. And you're starting to see that money is for, pouring in to United States bonds, which brings down the yield. And you start going to get some money coming into the stock market into the United States. I wouldn't be surprised in September we start getting some portfolio rebalancing from pension funds and mutual funds and maybe to see maybe we get a little couple more bids. I expected a little more of a bid today, a little more of a pop-up today in the market. I thought we we're gonna close triple digits again like we did the last couple days. I thought maybe we were gonna have a nice you know Labor Day spike, looked good in the futures this morning. Didn't happen. Didn't happen again kind of faded. So again maybe some traders took the, the day off we saw volume taper off on uh, E-mini futures right around. Uh, let me go ahead and bring up my hourly chart. Uh, let's see exactly when it tapered off. Yeah, right around 11 a.m. is when we tapered off in volume. So again, you could see when the volume kind of tapers off, you're starting to see a slide a little bit into uh, the end of the day. So that's where we are. Um, again, uh, the biggest monthly drop in long bonds in yield since September 2011. 2011. And like I said, 30-year fell about below 2%. Uh, the yield curve, three month and 10 year, it's holding its inversion, as we talked about. The twos and tens, the, the week inverted, biggest two month flattening since January 2015. And uh, wow, so how about this? 30% of global investment grade bonds, that means they're not even government, they're corporate, meaning that if they don't pay, they don't pay. It's kind of like investing in someone's credit card debt. 30% of that is paying a negative, negative yield. So in now in a theory, it's almost this market is very stimulus packed, meaning that if you're a company, you definitely want to borrow some money here because it's basically free. So if you borrow this money, you better hope either buying back stock, which I'm not a fan of, but some people will do that, some companies, or you can build a reinfrastructure, hire more people, whatever, and invest in new brands. Again, it's a great time to borrow money if you will, if you have the credit and you have the wants or the need, the means to. So again, corporations are going to be buying more, but again, it is create a bubble leaning down the line, created that bubble. So be very, very wary, guys. Uh, the dollar rallied in August, like we talked about. But again, um, the only thing, emerging market, um, when it comes to emerging market uh, currencies, they took a bit of a hit. Uh, again, anything, a pound took a little bit of a hit, euro took a little bit of a hit, but the yen kind of held up slightly. Uh, the, so looking here, dollar. Like speaking of euro dollar and the forex side, tumble below 110 for the first time since 2017. So keep that in mind. That's about two years since we dropped that level, and it's looking very ugly. 
Now, there was talks that they're not going to have any more stimulus from the ECB, or they are going to have more stimulus from the ECB. Uh, we're going to have a Novo Brexit. We're going to have a Brexit without any, I mean, I, I don't know, is that Novo Brexit, nor approval Brexit. Uh, again, we're talking about almost two and a half years now that we've been waiting on, so nothing really has happened. And um, it's looking ugly out there. I'll be ugly out there when it comes to the Brits and the Euro, the Brexit zone. I, I don't know what to expect. The pound dollar, I would definitely short that for the most part, looking ahead of time. Put a put a wide stop loss, go to small position. I'm not liking where we're going here, and I think the pound is going to get hit for it. But again, very volatile, so be very careful. Uh, cryptos ended in the red for the month after yesterday's plunge. Litecoin was the biggest loser. If you are a long-term crypto holder, none of this matters to you. But for the most part, you could see Litecoin took the biggest hit, Ripple took a hit, Ethereum took a hit. But again, the biggest holding up, the best of the worst, is Bitcoin. And again, that's what we're holding. Uh, so Bitcoin is below 10K again. Uh, and commodities, silver was the best since Brexit uh, 2016, the, uh, the Brexit vote. And uh, crude and copper, uh, gold rallied, but crude and copper didn't do so well. Crude actually closed at 5507 barrel. Uh, we're expecting a little bit lower here, but again, it looks like the Russians are not going to go ahead and uh, bring down production to boost prices. It's just not going to happen. So um, that's where we are. So silver has been absolutely on fire. And gold has ended the week basically unchanged. I like gold long term. We have a silver play long term for October expiry that we put on on, uh, on Instagram. Take a look at that. We're still in that play, SLV. Uh, so again, silver has outperformed gold here uh, across the board. And silver is at its highest point since April 2017. So keep that in mind. Um, it actually looks like it's breaking out on a basically a monthly chart. Um, and again, gold exploding higher, commodities exploding higher due to, mar to a negative yielding debt around the world. Again, beats deflation, beats inflation for the most part. Gold is a protective. It's that way. But again, it doesn't pay any yield. So it can't be negative. But again, it's not going to get expressive. You're not going to get explosive growth from gold or silver. Well, not... Now, um, lately, yeah, we're looking at it, but for the most part, long term, you're not going to get explosive growth. Again, it's a good hedge in your portfolio, and that's about it. So you can see that the Dow is still above the 30-year yield. The 30-year yield has fallen more than the Dow. Again, it should be coupled together, but it has not. So again, that's just something that you want to take a look at for the most part. Nothing has really changed here. Again, we're still just treading water in regards to the month. And, you know, I, I'm expecting us to tap 3,000. Uh, between September and October and then take a nice little dip. Uh, we should get down to the 27, 2600 level. Um, again, this happened last October. Doesn't mean it's for sure. But again, I would still get defensive with those names that I talked about before. You want to go ahead and reposition yourself. If you're a long-term stockholder and there's names that you like, just hold on to them. There's nothing you need to worry about. Again, you guys can handle, if you're in the S&P, uh, an S&P index fund, you can handle a 10%, 20% haircut because you're looking long-term. But if you're a trader, start looking at options in regards to uh, puts. But again, I would wait for that 3,000 level, but we need to break 2950. If we break 2950 in ES, I'm going to take a look at 3,000 as the next stop. And then I would go ahead and short the market there because that'd be almost a quadruple top in ES. And that's where we are. So again, safe havens won the day. That was all we had for this, for this month. Choppy, choppy markets. Not much you can do there with headlines and Trump and President Z and fake phone calls, fake phone calls. Not much you could do there. I mean, all you could do is basically just play what you see in front of you. And sometimes you just have to take the low volume as it comes and not, not, not put any risk in. And that's basically it. And that's your month. And um, I mean, red month for me, that's for sure. But again, all we could do is just play what we go. It's not easy every month to do this or every day. But again, you just have to kind of take the lumps with it. And I know September is going to be great and October is going to be even better. 
So again, even if we go up or down, we need some kind of movement. We need some kind of volatility. We need some kind of movement up or down. I preferably down obviously for trading because stocks fall faster than they move up. So keep that in mind. Again, no need to panic. There's a lot of things coming our way and low volume is gone after Labor Day weekend. This weekend, no. This week, no. Next weekend, next week, yes. So keep that in mind. So let's go ahead and answer some questions here. And uh, this is the Instagram questions, mind you. I went ahead and talked about this earlier, so let's see. Uh, if I can get this Instagram questions going. Okay. Uh, Carlos the Goat says, get my glasses here because I'm blind. Bear with me. Carlos the Goat, how do you feel about fake meat long run? Wait for the dip or buy now. Okay, so <laughs> fake meat, that means beyond meat. So fake meat, uh, funny story, I went with my girlfriend to DC and we had some lunch at a pub. And what we did is that we went to the pub and we had some food. I ordered a Reuben sandwich, excellent, highly recommend uh, Reuben sandwiches, one of my favorite. And she ordered the Beyond Meat burger, fine. Uh, that's what she wanted, right? Uh, so she ordered it, she absolutely loved it. I mean, I, love, I saw it and I took a photo and I sent it to our team and I laughed, I'm like, let's see. I took a bite of it, <sighs> taste test, I mean, I mean, for all the stuff that you're going to get and you're paying more for, I'd rather just eat the meat. Unless you're really, really in tune with being vegan, I don't see kind of the point. But I understand. But if you are vegan, it really doesn't taste different. Um, I guess because I knew it was a Beyond Meat burger, I really didn't even, kind of didn't process. But um, the stock is moving. I mean, even with the additional shares, here's the thing. Long term, if you want to hold it, I'm not against it. I just think it's overvalued. If you really are want to invest in the vegan space, I just think that less vegans are going to be available when a recession hits. I don't think people are going to pay twice as much because a cow wasn't killed. Um, again, it's to me it's a luxury. I don't think it's it's something that's a staple, like a food food company, you know, like a McDonald's or like stuff like that. You know, I just prefer I just prefer not to be invested in that company, not because I don't like vegan burgers or I don't like the burger myself. It's just I think it's overvalued for the most part. And uh, if you want to hold it long term, I'm not against it. I think it's had a lot of headwinds against it in regards to share, uh, adding more shares, almost diluting it, but still nice enough. So again, it's a popular name. Maybe it's a millennial play. Maybe people really like fake meat and that's where we are. So um, long run, I would hold on to it. But again, I wouldn't be surprised you get a 50% dip. I would actually wait a little bit, see if we get a pullback with the market. Because again, IPOs are the first to take hit, guys, when it comes to markets. Because they're going to move their money away from those big earners. So since Beyond May has been a big earner, I think people are gonna take profit and they're gonna take a hit. So again, I'd rather wait for a nice opportunity. If you're looking here at uh, our screen, uh, YouTube members, I'm gonna go ahead and go Beyond Meat here. And I'm gonna go ahead and bring up a daily chart. And you can see just basically, just kind of staying put in this range. But uh, this gap fill here, I, I wouldn't say 104 is not out of the question. 104, out of the, uh, I would say maybe a 110, get back at 110 and I'm okay with that. You want to get in about 110 and buy it in, that's okay with me. So I don't see any reason not to want to get in and uh, go from there. Uh, okay, so Hugo asked, will 2020 be good to buy real estate? Um, absolutely. I think depends on the, on the environment you're in. It depends on your finances. Uh, if you could buy a REIT, I've been saying REITs, it's fine. It's a very cheap time to buy real estate if your credit's right and your money's right. Absolutely. Um, there's different, there's very, uh, I would say, overbought markets like Miami, San Francisco, I would stay away from. But if you're looking for middle America, uh, Nebraska, looking at Oklahoma, Texas, I'm all for. New York, no. New Jersey, no. Miami, no. Uh, Orlando, yes. I would take a look at Nashville, yes. 
But again, I'm not a real estate professional. Um, I would definitely do my research and see exactly what are the hot markets and some of that are overvalued. So again, uh, I would try to stay away from heavy metropolitan areas, Chicago, LA, Miami, Houston, New York. I, wait, I was trying to stay away from those guys, DC. Uh, again, they could be overvalued. A lot of people are very saturated in those big cities and I think that um, it causes price to artificially inflate. Okay, so ABM Investor says, how do you think the market will take another rate cut, bullish or bearish? So here's the deal. It's not as simple as just a rate cut. Again, the question is how many rate cuts? September, 20, September we're going to get a rate cut of 25 basis points. I think that's basically already baked in. So here's the question. The next, the next uh, press conference, are we starting a rate cutting cycle? I think if we do not get a rate cut, if it's no, we don't get one, we're going to fall. If we do get one and, we, and they say this is the start of a rate cutting cycle to make things easier, whatever, markets are going to go up. If it's a one and done, which I wouldn't believe, then the markets are going to go down. So again, there's such things as hawkish cut. The last one was. Uh, I don't think that if they cut again, it would be a hawkish cut. I think it'd be a dovish cut. So again, uh, I think a cut would be a good thing for the market. I think it does happen. But again, it could be sold up too. Uh, Tesla versus NEO, and I know long-term Black Lobo. Uh, I kind of want to stay away from any China names. The only China name I like is, is Alibaba. NIO long-term is a lotto. Again, if you are okay with losing 60% of your investment, go for it. Tesla, what scares me, is a cold stock. Again, people don't look at the numbers. People don't look at their balance sheet. It's all Elon Musk. And Vanity Fair had an interesting piece about Tesla and their and their buyout of SolarCity to prop up Elon Musk's company. So again, looking at that, I would, I would have to say NIO. I'd have to say NIO here. I know it's China versus the United States, but I think NIO is probably your best bet. And uh, Tesla is just all over the place. And NIO is cheaper too, so just keep that in mind. Uh, Chris Nixon asks, go over some of kind of alternate investment, real estate, hedge funds, private equity. Real, uh, private equity and hedge funds, be very careful. Again, you have to be an accredited investor for those. That means you have to have $250,000 in net liquid or have a million dollars on assets. So you may not even have availability. You have to be an accredited investor. Uh, again, I've, I've mentioned this before. If you want to have some alternate investments like real estate, uh, Fundrise is the way to go. If you want, unless you want to buy your own property and cash flow it, I like Fundrise for ETFs. Fundrise.com, F-U-N-D-R-I-S-E is the way to go. I am invested in there and they do, uh, they do uh, residential properties, but in bulk. And you do get a nice little uh, slice of it. And it's good, it's good to slice in your portfolio to have. So I highly recommend those guys. Let's see if I have any more questions before we end it. All right, so no more questions there. So that's where we are, guys, for the week. I mean, I'm just so happy to be done with it. And just to keep in mind, we did add a position in our investment portfolio. And I think we're up about 12% on Roku that we added. I told you guys on the uh, Instagram about Roku. But we actually invested in it, and uh, we're doing pretty well. Our price target is $200, and we do like it long-term. So we're going to hold on to that thing and just wanted to update with you on that. So um, that's where we are for the week, guys. Again, uh, September, I can't wait for it to come because August was pretty brutal. I don't want to say brutal, but it wasn't great. And uh, this is just the way it is. got to be transparent. Sometimes you just take a hit. Like I always say, sometimes you're the dog, sometimes you're the hydrant, guys. That's just the way it is, and um, you just got to move forward with it. So... Have a great rest of your week, guys. Uh, we will be watching the hurricane here in Miami. We'll be fine. As long as we have power, we'll be okay. We'll keep you up to date as always. Monday, enjoy your holiday. Labor Day weekend. Markets are closed. Don't forget. So we will catch you guys on Instagram on Tuesday unless we have any up-to-dates. Up and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast. 
uh, GAR Capital official podcast on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Make sure to um, subscribe to our YouTube channel where this is going to be on the video with everything going on. Uh, GAR Capital on uh, the channel, YouTube channel, on youtube.com. Thank you so much for your support, guys, as always. Any other questions, feel free to shoot me an email, gaircapital at gmail.com, or DM us on Instagram or Twitter at gaircapital. Have a great one. Happy Labor Day, everybody. Enjoy, stay rested, and we'll catch you guys next week. This conference is no longer being recorded.